Hello, welcome to Did the Reading, the podcast where we did the reading so you don't have to. We're very excited to be back for a series two. We are not doing our traditional episode today. I know it's unexpected. Today we are just going to be talking generally about the books that we have been reading or talking about since the last time we spoke for Sasha You Listened, which was around three or four months ago. Let's not bring that up anymore. Um, (laughs) You were just saying you were quite pumped about this style of episode, Jessica. No, well, as you can imagine, for someone that voluntarily started a books and reading podcast, Mm. um, I'm quite enjoying just, you know, catching you all up with what I've been reading. Mm -hmm. I do love kind of relentlessly plugging my Goodreads, which no one looks at. I didn't even know you had a Goodreads. See, I'm obviously not very good at it. <laughs> it should be on your, like, review, which, again, everyone, if you're interested, Jessica has a review, sign up for it. I sometimes pop it on there. I'm yeah. like, don't even worry. Don't even worry. You can see all the books I've ever <laughs> read in my life. It's like, every this. single article of Jess's access. It's like Jess's internet history for the last week. Exactly. Well, I only started actually, like, tracking, if you like, the books I read last year, and I did it all, like, on paper. That's quite a good idea, to be fair. Yeah, because I feel like, especially if you're, like, an English student or you do something like this, I feel like when people are like, oh, what's, like, a book you've really loved recently? And my brain is suddenly like, you've never read anything in your life. Yeah. I think I was, like, talking about this yesterday because Alice texted me and she was like, oh, I've got a voucher. What do you like? Like, what's a good book? And I was like, ah. I think the other thing that's difficult as well is, like, obviously the kind of books that I really love, I know are not always things that other people would love would love yeah and so it's a difficult balance without sounding like that reductress article you are also a voracious reader a voracious reader you read a lot as well so i'm excited to see you know of the ones i haven't already borrowed yes what you've been reading recently well delightful fiction is going to be our first category perhaps you would like to start us off with some fiction you have enjoyed reading yes The one I think of first is one I finished the other day Mm. called The Last Samurai by Mm. by Helen Dewitt. And it's really, it didn't take me very long to read. I was like, recommended it. And it's just, it's very kind of esoterically written. And Mm. it's like from the perspective of this mum and then later her son. And her son's like a child genius. Mm -hmm. The whole thing, kind of like broadly speaking, without giving any spoilers, is him being like, oh, maybe I'll like look for my dad Mm. but it's just like really well written and the kind of like attitude that the two of them have to learning and knowledge like this kid speaks like 20 languages by the time he's so envious of people who do that honestly anyway and then he just like the mum doesn't really have like any money so they just go round and round the circle line so they don't have to pay for heating Mm. so like she sits on the circle line and does this kind of like it was written way uh kind of longer ago than I thought it was it came out in like 2000 I want to say but they go around around the circle line and like the funniest bits are like him having these conversations with strangers where he's like talking about like I don't know like Japanese or he's reading like the Iliad see on um, the tube this isn't fiction but I will bring it in anyway because I'm literally just thinking about this um I read Insomnia City by Bill Hayes Mm -hmm. who um I think I've talked to you about this he briefly went out with Oliver Sacks I say briefly I think about 10 years but towards the end a fling a fling I mean get over it but a lot of that is about those kind of like interactions like fleeting interactions between strangers like in the city and the city space as somewhere which is like intrinsically intimate but distant anyway that makes it sound twatty it's a really brilliant book (laughs) everyone should read it 
it, it, I got it from the library. So if you Support lived locally, which I can't say that you do, don't be <laughs> creepy, but it might be in your library. What's another book you've read? In terms of fiction... That is the category. It is indeed the category. <laughs> I read Hangs a Man, which is one of those ones that's been... I like bought ages ago, and I started it, and I was like, this is amazing. And then I somehow put it down, and it just kind of got like lost in the stack. And it was written by um, Shirley Jackson, who perhaps has revisited the cultural consciousness for doing Haunting of Hill House. I didn't realise this. This is... Which obviously then got semi-butchered by the Netflix people, but... I haven't watched it, but I found this old, like, just to hijack your story there, I found, like, an old, like, note I'd made on my phone with, like, a book list. Yeah. And we've always lived in the castle, which was, like, at the top of it. I can't for the life of me remember why it was there. I think it was, like, referenced in something or, like, mentioned in a passing comment in, like, an article. It just sounded really cool. And I finished it last night, and I really liked it. Yeah. I just had no idea that, I don't know, it's not, like, an author I knew. See, that's really interesting. I really want to borrow that, but I will do it once I've given back some of your books. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was um, it's really interesting, actually, because the first half is kind of about her being at home and she's in this really like... And she's like, obviously, this person who lives so much in her imagination. So we've got this distinction between the very like strong characters of her family who are kind of quite archetypic in a way. And then like her kind of imagining that she's almost in this kind of police interrogation situation. And then kind of like towards the end of the section, there's this, this like suggestion almost that something like that she gets assaulted or something like that by someone at a dinner party. And then the second half of the book is very, very distinctly different, almost feels like a completely different book about her being at college and going into this spiral and this like very immersive friendship which she has, which turns out to be with someone who doesn't exist and almost a kind of fall into a completely kind of desolate state of mind almost as an impact of the trauma that happened Mm. in that first half of the book and so in a way like it's quite confusing and it's not satisfying is the wrong word because obviously there's nothing satisfying about reading assault narratives but almost because of that split in the narrative it can be quite jarring Mm. but I think it's like a very interesting book because it kind of really like reimagines how we think of the linear narrative the we have always lived in the castle does a similar yeah well not a similar thing but it's kind of like the first half of the book is very it is still like a book of two halves i think and there's mm. like a central like dramatic scene book was also a lot shorter than i anticipated mm. it was like a couple it was like 100 pages or so yeah but and then towards the end again i was like it felt weirdly unsatisfying but actually there was i got it on kindle and Mm. there was like a chapter at the end where just like a chapter like talking about it and like linking some of her other texts in and like talking about the kind of like gothic tradition because i think we've always lived in the castle was like her last book that would make sense and it made it kind of made a lot of sense in terms of how like the gothic works and how it had like inverted a bunch of stuff it was very good it was quite like creepy i do love a good creepy book yeah it was like it was the right kind of creepy it was very like witchy Ooh. Yeah, and very kind of the whole book is again. It's like, is she a witch? Is she just kind of me? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's like very like internal, and again has a very esoteric narration. And she's just and you're very like unreliable. You're just trying to like work stuff out around it. But it's very good. I think you'd like it. Well, it sounds delightful. Jess is going to quick fire us through some of the delightful fiction that she has recently read, and just jam it all out. Right. Believe it or not, I have read Anna Karenina. Well, there's no Not sure if I would recommend it to everyone. I did enjoy it, Mm. but I will confess here and now, about a third of it I had to do via audiobook because I mildly... Gave up. Gave up. Yeah. 
I did very much like it, though. Mm-hmm. I also read Sweet Sorrow, the David Nichols one. I think I've heard of it, haven't Oh, again, older than I thought. Wrote, um, us he wrote Us, One, one day, day, Start of Ten, The Understudy. That vibe. Okay, yeah. Anyway, massively would recommend. I saw that <laughs> I follow him on Twitter and someone described it as normal people but with less shagging. So, like, take from that what you <laughs> Could be a winner, could be a loser. I really liked it. It was very funny. I read it in, like, very quickly. It was yeah, very readable. Yeah, it's very readable. Very feel good. Anyway, this is meant to be quick fire. I also read Mostly Dead Things by mm. Kristen Arnix. It finally came out in the UK. Yeah. I asked for it for my birthday like last year. My mum was like, I couldn't find it. Oh my god, yeah. For goodness sake. And it turns out it's because it wasn't available in the UK. Anyway, I really liked that. I also read The Gap of Time, which we've already spoken about, did not enjoy. Oh, bummer. But, you know, live your life. Oranges are not the only fruit. It's still one of my favourite books. So good. So good. You know, the duality of woman. Um, Which one were you talking about with the Gene Winston? Frankenstein. No, The Gap of Time is Gene Winston. Oh my God. I re- have you read Frankenstein? No, but you told me not to. Mm, okay, anyway. We're not going to get into it. <laughs> not here. Not. It's it's not the time. It's not the place. Okay, carry on. The only other one is Right After the Weather, which is a book that came out relatively recently, but I like acquired from Penguin back in January. It's really good. I really liked it. It's like a um, story about this playwright slash like costume designer living in new york i want to say i will give you some that novel mm. i'll give you some that i can remember because i've been like slightly bashing it out um, do. i read only mostly devastating which is one of phoebe's young adult books which was quite good i didn't read as much for young adult as i used to but you know if you guys like that you ought to i read bunny by moira something and it's kind of about this like group of creative master's students who are then who get into a kind of like witchcraft thing where they're creating men out of their imagination through witchcraft as a kind of form of essay writing i'm very into this already yeah the thing is like i think the premise is great i think the execution particularly like later in the book is a little bit poor but i think it's it's interesting it's different tell me what you think you have told me that you've done quite the backlog of non-fiction, so... Yeah, I'm just going to... I'm going to bash it out fast, and then we can get into it. So I read <laughs> Denying the Holocaust by Deborah Lipstadt, which, again, I've had it for ages. It's um, basically about the hist- history of Holocaust denial since the 40s and, like, looking at um, kind of what went into that, which is really interesting, obviously incredibly important. I read Trans a Memoir. Can't remember the name of the woman who re- uh, wrote that, but really interesting, really important. And I also read, what was that one we both talked about? We both laughed in pleasure, which again, also about trans experiences. And it's really brilliant. And you ought to read it. Mm. We will write the we'll names of these people. Every book. We'll It'll take bloody type while. these out. Read Insomnia City, as I said. I read. I've read so many things. Catch and Kill, Ronan Farrow, mm. which is obviously the Harvey Weinstein one. I read No Visible Bruises um, by Rachel Louise Snyder, which is about policing, managing, litigating domestic abuse in the United States. I read. I've read so many things. I don't know why my brain is now just playing elevator music. Is that right? Which was your favourite? I thought Catch and Kill is so readable. If you like... Is that the one you were reading on the beach? Yes. Beautiful. It's written... It's kind of half... Like, and it's an investigation narrative. So we kind of, like, see him go through each stage of it. And it's really brilliantly written. It's really... um, It's, like, really engaging, really easy to follow. Mm -hmm. 
and obviously as well that's such a high profile investigation and with the kind of continuing um things coming out with it and also i mean obviously it came out while we were still sort of seeing the weinstein case um being played out in court so it was just really interesting and i think also it's interesting because red and fire makes a lot of allegations against people at nbc which was the original company he was working at Mm. for harassment and abuse and those continue to be played out. So that is interesting and kind of continues to be quite current. And I also thought No Visible Bruises was so interesting and so impactful. Like, I think what was really interesting was like kind of looking at the challenges of trying to police situations where there, there is an adequate training in police, in law, in everything to kind of protect a lot of people from these situations. Mm-hmm. and And kind of talking about as well because of the danger inherent in those situations, because a lot of the people who are continuing to suffer in those situations don't have outs or don't have safe outs, it's very difficult to get testimony Mm. um, or testimony that will not then later be revoked. And so they were talking about how they've now moved towards like trying to bring in evidence-based prosecution on a lot of the charges which is so interesting and like about how the that's impacted kind of how successful they've been in terms of prosecuting domestic abuse in various counties in the states it was really really fascinating and reading it made me go and volunteer so you should read it i thought it was brilliant yeah i'd love to borrow that yeah i will lend it to you i lent it to bella who has still given it back to me bella i know you listen to this <laughs> give me back my book <laughs> like have you been reading non-fiction i know you've read we both laughed in pleasure yes Is hold it? that thought hold that thought we're not gonna we're not even gonna get into that non-fiction i'm very good at listening to non-fiction on audiobook it has yeah. like the same kind of like i don't know i think it accesses the same kind of like part of my brain as like it feels like listening to a podcast yeah. so i like to do it when I'm like walking or like running or something and mm-hmm. I prefer that whereas with fiction if I listen to it through audio sometimes I fully just like clock out I don't know what it is I find it so boring to listen to it on audio as well because I, I read be in a very skim way yeah. and it's like you're taking too long to read this oh yeah yeah if I listen to a fiction audio book like with Anna Karen, I was on like 1.8 speed yeah yeah whilst I like I don't know clean something do you know what I mean I can't just sit yeah anyway but I listened to well I'm no longer talking to white people about race yes and also recently it's been on my list for ages like literally like a couple of weeks ago I listened to The Good Immigrant the Nikesh Sukla I've been meaning to read that collection mm-hmm. that was really good and a lot of the essays are like quite short so it was the kind of thing where like each chapter would sometimes literally be like 10 minutes so it'd be quite nice to just like that's very manageable yeah I also I haven't finished it yet but I did I tell you when I was like walking the other day and I went into a bookshop and then mm. I accidentally came out with like four new books? Mage. But it was like a radical bookshop. So there was this one oh, awesome. by... Oh, awesome. What was that? Like Euston Road. Oh, that makes sense. There's quite a lot of those in Euston. It was very nice. I like didn't realise it. And then there were like the different sections were like prison, the body. <laughs> You're like, this isn't Waterstone. It's this really nice like small book on... And you not allowed to laugh, but it was on like carceral capitalism. And I was like, that actually looks... That's really interesting, and it's by Jackie Wang, who has done like a bunch. It reads a bit like a like a really really long essay, but it's I'd like, like very it's very personal as well as like she's like a Harvard PhD student. Like it's incredibly well researched, but she talks this whole the intro is like a hundred pages, but yeah. <laughs> um, it's very and it just ties in a lot of like like her, I think her brother has been in prison since she was like eleven or something like that. Right, so she brings she like personally talks about even just like the technological changes in terms of like communicating with those in prison and she talks about how like 
the debt economy and like stuff like that all just kind of like ties in in like actually like obviously it's complex but in actually like a reasonably accessible way mm. and that's really good if and when i ever finish it it's yours that'd be amazing oh i've just remembered one last one i've been reading i'm afraid you cannot you. no okay you oh, can go then thank you um i've been reading 100 artist manifestos by i can't remember who edited it and it's really <laughs> interesting and it looks at like the history of the artist manifesto as I a form like and i like was inspired to read it because obviously like reading a lot of chris kraus and stuff mm. she loves a good like artistic reference from like i don't know anything about art so I read this and I, my absolute favourite one from there is Mina Loy's Feminist Manifesto. And it's just absolutely, it's so interesting, impactful, amazingly written. It's like 1917, it's so modern. I mean, like, the, I was talking to Bessie about this the other day. There's so many, like, really interesting lines from it. It's like talking about, like, this call to women, but in it, and she says, there are no choices for women. It's either parasitism, prostitution, or negation. And she was like, we have to like break down the trash heap of our existences. The only way is absolute demolition. And it's just like, you know, one of those things where you read something like, my goodness, Mina. It's, um, yeah, I'll lend it to you. It's really brilliant. Thank but you, you can read the Feminist Manifesto just online. So just look it up, give it a read, give us the reviews. We'll link that. What's a book that you lent to someone? I always, when we go away on holiday, I churn out the books for my father. And this was back in the summer when it was, um, I'm, yeah, I'm not, uh, we're not going to France in tier two. We're actually in tier one anyway, but we're not going to France. I lent him Night Film by Marisha Passel, which is, I I read this a long, long time ago when I was like 15 or 16, but it's like a kind of thriller, but you know when you read something and they're like oh my god you know then on instagram or whatever there was this or then on this website there was this and you're like oh my god i wish i could google that but there's not that but she has them like all of the latest screenshots or whatever and has like all the newspaper articles and stuff Mm -hmm. in it which is like both an interesting exploration of the challenges of multimedia storytelling and is really fun (laughs) (laughs) like phil find it fun Phil really liked it, which is a challenge, because usually I tend to go for, like, he likes a good non-fiction. I lent mm-hmm. him the John Ronson collection, which is called Lovely. Lost at Sea, which one? It, which is the one which compiles all John Ronson's Guardian articles from back when he was Guardian columning. And that one is very... It's very good as well, because it's that thing you were talking about, like, each of the ones is, like, ten pages. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, very, very manageable and, like, yeah. good for kind of just sitting and just... Shh, you exactly. know what I mean? Yeah. Technical term. Yeah. What about you? What book just did you lend? I lend Summer, the new Ali Smith one. Yeah, because you've been my journey neighbor. through those, haven't you? That was another fiction one that I like absolutely loved. I think some of her other seasoned ones, I won't lie, are like a little bit impenetrable. Right. But I really liked them because they're very like, I was going to say they're like slightly Virginia Woolfie in terms of like you do kind of just need to like, I'm not going to understand every sentence. I'm going to enjoy the experience of this. But... Summer was really, really good. She wrote it in, like, six weeks. Seriously? No, no, maybe not. She wrote it during lockdown. Right. And it was, like, one of the fastest, like, production cycles ever. Like, it was about six weeks from, like, her submitting the manuscript to, like, it being on the shelves, which is insane. It's insane. Like, the kind of framework of it all is all kind of, like, it's lockdown, it's George Floyd, it's, like, a lot of things yeah. that literally happened about th- a month prior when I was reading it, which is quite weird, but mm. I really liked the book. They're really pretty. Mm. which obviously you know i'd love to read that i mean like i think i'd read her is it called girl meets boy the one about mm. for um my gender class i haven't class. actually read that one but i 
read How to Be Both, which I loved. I don't think I've read How to Be Both. I always confuse that with, um, I don't know how she does it, about this woman who's like working a like corporate job and then she's got those kids yeah, yeah, and yeah. then just at the end she's like, it's about caring for my children. Corporate labour can't give me happiness. You so. can't see it, but Abby's very dramatically clutching her forehead. <laughs> <laughs> I really liked it, read it very quickly and apparently David loved it too. Oh, well, so. good on David. Yeah. I'm glad she enjoyed that. What about a book you borrowed from someone? Well, I've borrowed some books from you. I borrowed Convenience Store Women. Lovely. Which we have talked about a little bit. I think it's like a very interesting book because I think it felt like when I was reading it, it reminded me of stuff like In the Miso Soup. Have you read that? I have not. Well, I would offer to lend you that, but it's Joanna's book. Um, and it also reminded me a little bit of the style of stuff like American Psycho. Mm. Um, and so I kind of felt going through in the first, like, let's say, 80 pages, I kind of thought she was going to murder... Me too. ...someone in the book, uh, in the grocery store. I sound horribly disappointed, but also that was... That was what I thought it was going to do. And so the way it moved, I was a bit surprised with how it concluded, but I thought it was also interesting. I think it was, like, a very interesting take on, like, expectations of women, but also expectations in, like, certain circles around success being measured by meeting these pre-assigned goals of like marriage and promotion and having kids and like how it works to exist outside that system and whether it's possible to maintain any social capital when everyone around you is making those changes do you know what i mean because there's that really cool scene where she's like in the garden with like her sister and some friends and like i think everyone else there has like small children yeah and that's the moment where she just kind of like clocks where she's like actually all i need to do just completely kind of like ease my way through these very difficult social interactions is either pretend or like wrench my way into just like being able to be like oh no I, I do have someone in my life or like yeah do you know what I mean she has that whole like everything kind of falls into place a little bit I again I like found the ending a bit weird because I kind of expected something just like a murder but like something yeah. big to happen but I did I really liked it I liked it the other one you lent me which I'm currently still reading is the Pisces oh yeah what do you think yeah I'm a bit mixed bag on it on the one hand I think it's interesting because I think it like says a lot about like I don't know dating culture and again that kind of the lethargy of trying to exist in modern culture and being outside of that like time frame Mm. whereby like having broken up with her boyfriend a bit later in life and she's feeling like really isolated from everything and then wants to kind of start afresh However, I find it, it's probably one of my worst qualities when reading books that when I don't find a character likeable, I kind of switch off a bit. Yeah. I find her in like no way kind of understandable. So I find it a bit kind of... Meh. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? by Melissa Broder for listeners. Yes. Who is behind the like, I'm not sure if it's still running actually. She had the like, what was it even called? Like So Sad Today or something like the Twitter account. Oh, really? Yeah, she's the one behind it. Anyway, I know what you mean, though. I didn't find it as, like, engaging as I thought it would. I just thought it was, like, quite a cool premise and quite a cool kind of, like, vehicle to talk about all the stuff you were just saying. It reminded me, I haven't watched it. It reminded me, however, of The Shape of Water. So I read it first. So when (laughs) I first watched it, I was like... Hang on. Hang on a second, Guillermo. What are you up to? I was like, Guillermo's a fan of Melissa. Um, actually, it may have even been the other way around. I may be mixing that up in my head. Anyway, 
That's Do you ever fair. read that interview with Guillermo del Toro where he talks about what gave him the original idea for like the idea of the like merman and the tube? It was like when he was a child, he had one of those like you know those shower cubicles which are like glass and they close in with like a suckered edge. Okay. And he like packed towels all around the bottom and up the sides and then filled it up and then he was in it and then couldn't open the doors. I, like it always weirds me out. I think about it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that lives in my head rent free the like person interview where he like microwaves the pasta things that I can't stop thinking about that I'm obsessed with it and then the thing is as well like you go and see something like Tenet and he's out there with a beautiful jawline seems like he's got his life together nice hair and then he's like out there microwaving pasta it's like I know that's like in a way a public persona of chaos but at the same time like I do like I'm like what you up to, Robert? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, well, I hope he answers your question. Text in. I am trying to think if I borrowed anything from you recently. I think I might on the list for a lot of your books. No, you were going to talk to me about. We both laughed in pleasure. Yes, I loved that. Yeah, it was amazing. Amazing. I think I told you, like, literally, just like the first three pages, I was like, mm, I'm crying because, yeah. like, just like the diary form. Yeah, and kind of having a rough idea of where the story, where the story, where like his life goes yes those first three pages just like absolutely gut punches punched me it i was, think also the bit where he was talking about i can't remember that he loves the what, beatles what was the name of his what was his name lou and he named himself after lou reed and the yeah. fact that like so early in the book he's talking about oh my god i love lou reed i love his style i love the way he presents he's so masculine but he's so you know he embraces his feminine side and it's so interesting that that is like this like premise almost to how he wants to lead his life and yeah. so much of where he gets to in the future honestly it just it really incredible it was book. amazing for those who don't know, he, um, Lou Sullivan was a massive part of the kind of campaign slash like movement to basically make sexual orientation not relevant for the opportunity to get a gender transition. I think honestly, out of all the books I've read since we last spoke, that would be one which I would like massively, massively recommend. I think anyone would enjoy it. And like, I think it's really... I think it's just such an interesting and powerful book. And I think in terms of like talking about LGBT history and stuff like that, I think diaries and obviously like first person accounts are so important in terms yeah. of like building that image without. Yeah. And even just like technically like that whole bit at the back of the copy that you gave me where they talk about the actual like process of like yeah. archiving his diaries, which I just found really interesting as well. Because mm. also what's really beautiful is occasionally they'll put three or four lines, like a pit, like a scan of his mm. actual diary and you can like see his handwriting. I just, I, I loved it. He's like, as well, the way it's been edited is amazing. It's mm -hmm. like, it's so readable. And they, because I think you can read a lot of diaries, which can just be a little bit like, yeah, I mean, they did eat porridge for breakfast. And you're like, okay. Um, but I think what they do really well is maintain some of the like obvious you know banality of diaries mm -hmm. while also kind of keeping it engaging keeping it like clear sense of voice yes you know what i mean what i really liked as well is occasionally they'd kind of like asterisks or like footnote and they'd as in he'd like say someone's name like usually like a nickname and they'd be like this is this person and yeah. it'd be that kind of slightly weird like oh my god these people knew each other and you'd like yeah. be piecing together that like image as you were yeah. saying yeah which i really liked the last section I thought would be interesting is, I think a lot of people, me included, were often seeking kind of like comfort in books during lockdown or like during whatever period we're in now. Mm -hmm. And so were there any books you like revisited, reread kind of purely for that purpose or maybe just reread in general? 
A couple of things. I mean, like, I think my major revisiting has been I have got about five people into a little life by Hanu Yanagihara. So, I mean, like, that kind of defeats your point about comfort reading. I think, you know, like, it's suddenly been that thing where I, like, remembered how much I loved it and what an amazing book it was. And I've, like, that's been a, like, major revisiting for me. You guys should read it. It's a really beautiful book about these um, four men growing up together. They've gone to college and specifically focuses on one man as he tries to work through his like trauma from his childhood and how that affects his life even as he succeeds in a lot of other ways and succeeds in his relationships and the challenges of ever getting past um something so monumental that happened in childhood Mm. would that be fair that was beautifully put it's easily my favorite book it's an incredible book it's it's so impactful i mean i think it you know fair warning i think there are about five trigger warnings you should probably put on it in terms of self-harm suicide rape child abuse i think that's drug abuse oh yeah for sure like it's not an it's not an easy read read. in that sense but it was in the way that it was like it's extremely like compelling beautifully written. written like it's i won't lie to you it's like quite uh, it's fast. intimidating it's it's a doorstop of a book and I, I don't read like as fast as you and I read it very quickly because I just I say this as if it's like a universal experience but I feel like when I was like very little like eight or nine right. and I'd like stay up late to like keep reading and I'd yeah. like get up early because I wanted to keep reading yeah. I haven't had that since I was like a baby a baby a baby and then with this book, I was like, I don't know, I'll get the bus instead of the Dukes and I'll have like a 15 minute longer journey and I can mm. like keep reading. And it's just, it's amazing. I just think, you know, I always think about that scene where they're at the party and um, he and Jude, I can't remember what his name is, step into the other room to have a conversation in because Jude's really struggling. Mm. And as they step out the room, everyone thinks that they've stepped away to like get off. And he like holds his hand up to you know, to make it a celebration or something, even though that's not something like to help him get over the embarrassment. And, you know, it's one of those things, which is such a like little thing, but I always find that scene so emotional. Mm. It's yeah, it's a really, really beautiful book. So that I've been revisiting and on a slight like pivot, I mean, Twilight, I've been revisiting a little bit, which I always say what you want about Twilight. It's just what a mad thing in like the cultural consciousness like <laughs> i don't think we've had anything like that in terms of that like Lovely mass impact. absorption like the whole like team edward or team jacob thing is like never well, like never had sense. anything i mean like team peter or team gail for a while but i mean like no, that was a poor imitation poor imitation pathetic but i mean i mean like need we remind ourselves that you wrote a university essay. I did write a university essay on it. Do you know? I feel more iconic moments. One of my more iconic moments about how Bella is always physically weak in it and it's all about like policing womanhood and whatever. Quest me if you want a copy. Anyway, it's I just think it's so great. And I was rewatching the films as well. The cinematography is fucking bizarre. Like what were the choices there on like eighty different levels? They're like, yeah, make the colour mixing so confusing. It's like you know that like Jane Lynch thing from the um, from Glee where she's like <laughs> I want a colour mixing that is so confusing. (laughs) That is how I feel. That's beautiful. What about you? What have you revisited? Not masses. I actually came like into lockdown, like still obviously like finishing a degree. So Mm. I had quite like the backlog of stuff to get through. Mm. But I did reread The Secret History because I really like it. Yeah. That's kind of that. It's still like... I haven't read The Secret History. It's very rude for you. It's still like one of my favourite books. I just love the like... You know, you were talking earlier about like that group of master's students that end up becoming witches. It's like... Dark academia. Yeah, basically. Mm. But it's also like it's still got... 
a bit like with The Last Samurai, that kind of attitude to like knowledge and learning that's like weirdly kind of infectious. Mm. But also it's like, <laughs> it has awful consequences. So it's kind of like... <laughs> I don't actually need to, like, you know, learn Greek. Every time I read it, I'm like, maybe I'll learn Greek. Obviously, I will never learn Greek yeah. in my life. But, um... Start no, with I just Greek like, alphabet. Yeah, there you go. Mm. I just, I really like it. I think it's, like, again, it's super, like, compellingly written. It's, like, about seven or 800 pages, but it's, like, mm. easy just a few days it. of churning through it. And because I've, like, read it a couple of times now, I actually haven't read that many books, like, a couple of times. I feel like there's always something else I want to be reading. It was nice to, like, go back and see, like, which pages I turned down and, like, stuff like that. I think it's sometimes more that I revisit specific scenes or sections. That's very bold. In terms of, like, I feel like sometimes when people, even, like, The Secret History, fully, like, one of my favourite books, or, like, A Little Life, easily my favourite book, and I'm like, and what happened? <laughs> I yeah. kind of, like, sometimes forget, apart from key scenes. I think I just, like, sometimes revisit stuff like the ending of Song of Achilles. Mm, love to cry, love to cry. Certain scenes in, like, Aliens and Anorexia. Yeah, that's a valid one. I don't know, just, do you know what I mean? Like, bits and pieces that are, like, interesting. I was wondering, mm. just as a as a concluding few thoughts, okay. how did you find reading during lockdown? There was obviously like a kind of slightly weird pressure to be like, oh, I have no reason why not to get through my like to be read pile and I stuff like that. It was like a bit, you know, that bit at the beginning of lockdown where people like, there was that slightly like furious dynamism towards like another form of productivity. I found that a bit like exhausting. And that was the point at which I was a bit like, I'm not like loving this. But I feel like recently I've got really into it. I just think, just need to find my next like big read. Do you know what I mean? Like I sort of feel like I need another like obsession read which I haven't had in, like, a couple of weeks. Um, <laughs> in a few days. <laughs> in a few few days, few hours. But, yeah, I mean, like, I'm, I'm back to enjoying it now, and I think I'll particularly enjoy it when we get back into Christmas holidays and it feels like I can, in inverted mm-hmm. commas, or, like, do deserve a break. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, like, I'm building my Christmas list of books, so I'm excited for that as well. What about you? Yeah, I think in the very beginning of lockdown, weirdly, when I was busier with, like, essays mm. and stuff, I found it very easy to read, and I was, mm. like, getting through a lot. And it was quite nice to kind of look at my bookshelf and be like, actually, I still haven't read that or Mm. I've been meaning to read that for a while and just like work through stuff. And then most of August, I was just like shattered Mm. and just did not like barely read anything. And now I'm like getting back into it again. I've gone back into my Kindle recently, Mm. by which I mean I've read like three books on my Kindle. But but... because I never really liked it, I usually just used it if we needed to like read a book last minute (laughs) for an episode. But... Actually, especially at the moment, it's quite nice to just look at my list, search it up, get like a two or three pound book and like be able to read it Mm. there and then. But I'm going to visit some local bookshops and try and support them for my Christmas list. I've decided. Thank you. But yes, it's quite nice because it's like whether I use reading as like relaxing or like Mm. I want to read this book or Mm. like I should read this book, which like... It's a balance between the three, I think. It is a little bit. Also, like, especially without uni now, it's like... There shouldn't really be like a, you should read this book. No, Unless I it's think, you like aggressively recommending something. I think it's always a difficult balance. I think like particularly, I love nonfiction, but I think, you know, for example, sometimes I think I'd love to read more like political nonfiction. Mm-hmm. You know, going in there are stuff like about, recently I've really wanted to read more about like, does incarceration like work? Yeah. At, you know, uh, there's a book that is like on my list, just like, is this the end of policing or stuff like that? Yeah. Those kind Have of you things. Read Jailbirds. 
I'm pointing above you because it's above you right now. Um, no, but you've been telling me that I should be, and I would love to. And, you know, it's like one of those things where I really want to read it, but sometimes it can feel a bit like, I, I know that's going to be like a committed and a concentrated read where you've mm. got to like fully like lean into, I'm here to learn, which I don't think I'm always in the right headspace for. Do you know what I mean? No, completely. That's the that's why I made that quip about the castle capitalism books. Yeah. I'm like, it is going to take me ages to read. Yeah. Because I do just need, it's like a you sit down and read rather than like, oh, I have 10 minutes. I'll yeah. Just chat through it. Yeah. 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 The other one is, do you read like seasonally? Do you have like books you read at Christmas or like obviously more pertinent at the moment? It's like, do you have like Halloween books or we never, like anything like that? Um, we never really do like did Halloween really mm. like as a child. So like, n- no. But I mean, like I've been getting back into my like horror movies. So. Mm. yes I'm back on the horror movies no I'm not back on the horror books fair go and I've watch St Maud <laughs> um yeah sorry what no I've never done it either I kind of want to be that person that's like oh I read this every Christmas but I know you know those I'm people it's like so tasteful I mean like the only thing that I can always be like seasonally like it's like Christmas I've watched the Muppets Christmas Carol like it's not like <laughs> can't give me any intellectual claims whatsoever with that can I yeah like when someone's like oh I read like some Dickens novel every Christmas and I'm God. like hmm such like intellectual like one-upmanship but then also I feel like it would be nice to like pick a book and be like this is my Christmas book yes and to like know it inside out I, I feel like it'd be nice to have like poems or something like that mm. or the feminist manifesto by <laughs> he's like that's fucking festive <laughs> like what could be more festive than reminding us of how far we've come and what we have yet to do I was wondering if there were any books on your list Christmas list or otherwise that you were very much looking forward to reading yes what a great question i'm looking forward to reading those carceration and policing books i really fancy getting back into some more diaries mm-hmm. um i she fancy some snooping i fancy some snooping i saw there was like a, a marilyn monroe diary that i was thinking of reading things that i'm looking forward to reading which is not on the list but there's a truman capote script for great gatsby which I want to read. I'll send it to you. There are some like scans on Google Drive because it's only in New York Public Library or something, which I really want to read. Yeah. There's like 80 pages. And you know, it's like when you come across it while snooping through like Twitter or something, and you're like, oh, but like not like right now. There's somewhere in my like bookmarks. So yeah, those kind of things I'm looking forward to. Other than that, I don't really know. What about you? I keep meaning to write it down actually so I don't forget, but Daisy Buchanan, the mm-hmm, one who mm-hmm. runs the Your Booked podcast, she's written a novel. Oh, amazing. I mean, she's written a few, but she's got a new novel out called yeah. Insatiable. Mm. And it looks really cool. It has yeah. a really cool cover. I'll show it to you after. Oh, really? It's just like really pretty. <laughs> I actually pre-ordered a bunch of books during lockdown because I was like, treat for future you. Yeah, and then I changed banks. So, like, none of them have come through because they're all my, like, old payment details. So, I might actually go back and, like, buy some of them just, like, outright. So, there's a new-ish Emma Gannon one on, like, sabotage, called Sabotage, which is career-focused, but it's, like, kind of, like, focused on, like, imposter syndrome vibes, sure. which sounds quite cool. There's the new Dolly Alderton book, which I do yes. want to read. Yeah. And I've also got a Tegu Wagba's book called Whites on pre-order hopefully under the right payment details because that should be like a week or two away yeah 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 which looks really really cool she posted like a snippet of it yes as the new Barack Obama book oh and I want to read Rage by Bob Woodward well sorry (laughs) that sounds lovely we have a few requests Mm. for books to cover but as always if you want us to chat about anything in particular this series 
let us know. Mm-hmm. We are did the reading pod on Instagram and did the reading pod at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs>